Well, hey, good morning, Northridge Church. Whew. It's been a day already. Wow, man. If you haven't heard, we lost power in a good portion of our Rochester campus. And so um, today and this morning is a little bit different, um, but we're excited. We're excited about what God's going to do through this storm, literally. And so we have some, some people in the house at Rochester. Yeah, you can hear them. And so to Webster, welcome to you and online. Here's what I love about technology, right, is you know, not today, devil, not today. We still have the ability to stream and gather as a church, whether it's over multiple homes, our Webster campus, and a little bit at a Rochester campus, we can still bring the gospel, the light of Jesus Christ to our church today. And so welcome to each and every one of you. I told you it's week two of Christmas sweaters. I got the second one out, right? And so we're excited. It's, it's that Christmas season. We're getting closer and closer. And, you know, last week we started a brand new series called Heaven Invades. And, and, and really, when we celebrate Christmas, at the very first Christmas, that's exactly what happened. Jesus left heaven to invade a messy earth. And in week one of this series, we talked about the significance and what makes Jesus different than us. It's how he came. He was born of a virgin, and the implications of his virgin birth made Jesus a worthy rescuer for us. Because see, we said the very first Christmas was God's, the beginning of God's plan unfolding to rescue humanity from their sins. Now, if I were to ask you today to describe your life, I wonder what you would say. Right? What words would you use to describe how your life is going? You see, I would suggest that for some of us, we would say, man, it's the Christmas season. It's my favorite time of year and life seems to be going good. And so we would say, hey, you know what, Drew? My life is, is great. It's, it's full of joy. My job, my kids, my life seems to be going down the route and the path that I've always wanted. But then yet, I would suggest there are some of you today that would describe your life differently. Because for many, the holidays are a hard season. Maybe they're hard because you're reminded of someone that you lost recently that isn't there. Maybe it's hard because it's, it's difficult to get your children presents because your job is no longer there. And so for some of you, you describe your life as difficult, as painful, as hard today. But I wonder how many, if any of us, would describe our lives as heaven on earth. Right? Would anybody say, you know what, Drew, my life, if you could describe my life, I'm getting a taste of eternity today. My life is heaven on earth. I mean, that sounds nice, doesn't it? Isn't that what we long for and wish for, that, that our lives could be described as heaven on earth? And maybe the Christmas season, for many of us, is that, right? We get a taste of heaven on earth because we, we open our presents on Christmas Day and it says as a family, we're going to Disney World, right? That sounds like heaven on earth. Or maybe we're getting a vacation to the Bahamas or we just have that Christmas dinner with no drama and our family. And it's like, man, this is what heaven on earth feels like. But I wonder... How many of us would really describe our lives as heaven on earth? And what's interesting is what Jesus says in John chapter 10. Look what he says. He says, I have come. So we celebrate the invasion of Jesus on Christmas. He says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. 
Jesus, with his own words, he looks at his audience and and the same message penetrates thousands of years later. He says, hey, the reason I came is to give you life for eternity, but also life to the fullest. And I think as Christians, we miss something about the gospel. We recognize that Jesus' death and resurrection saves us from eternity. But I think one thing we miss about the gospel is that Jesus didn't come just to save your eternity, but to give you life today. I'm telling you, Jesus says in old word, he says, I want you today and tomorrow until you get to eternity to experience life. And not just life, not ordinary life, but life to the full. I want you to describe your life as heaven on earth. But the question is, why don't we describe our lives that way? I mean, for most of us, including myself, that feels like a pipe dream. It feels like that's what overly positive people say who just need a dose of reality, right? How do we achieve heaven on earth because many of our lives are hard, are difficult, are painful, and the last way we would describe our life is that way. So why don't we experience that? And I think part of the problem is the way we go about achieving heaven on earth. You see, I think many people, probably all of us, would love to describe our life that way, but the problem is, is we try to achieve that and reach for that in all the wrong ways. And let me talk about two major ways that we try to get our lives to heaven on earth. The first way is through selfish desires. I think we have been convinced, deceived, and we've bought the lie that if I just get what I want, I will be satisfied. If I get what I want, my life will be fulfilled. And we, we know that to be false, right? Christmas declares that truth a lie. Because just look at, at children, right? Every child in this season, man, they, what do they do? They make their Christmas list. My kids through, through, from like November to like now are, are like, mommy and daddy, here's, I want this for Christmas, I want this. And here's what the reality is, whether they get all the, the things that they want or some of the things they want, they open those presents under the tree and for a season, they last. For a season, they bring joy until they get old and stale and they just leave our kids wanting more or until they find their friend who got something better for Christmas and it leaves us unsatisfied. And the truth is for us as adults, we do the same thing. We believe that if somehow I climb the corporate ladder, if I get into the school or the university, I get the degree, I get married and I have kids. If if, if I just get to the income bracket that I want, somehow my life will be satisfied. And yet it never really works. It just always leaves us wanting something else that will bring joy and satisfaction. In fact, look what James 3 says. He says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, right there you will find disorder and every evil practice. And so if selfish desires, getting what we want doesn't leave us satisfied, we try a different route. We actually go to the polar opposite where we say, okay, if, if what I want won't satisfy me, I'll choose a life of good works, right? So the second option to achieving heaven on earth is I'm just going to do a lot of good deeds. I'm going to serve people and out of serving and doing good things, that should bring my life satisfaction, 
And so we go on this journey where we serve the homeless, we go to soup kitchens, we, we make meals for people, we, we love on our employees, we help our coworkers, we give to nonprofits, we buy gifts for other families, and we serve and we love and we do a lot of good things. And through that journey, here's what's crazy, out of all that good that we do, we still feel unsatisfied. We still are longing for something else to bring that, that, that description of life and life to the full. And here's what we have to understand is, is, is achieving, achieving, doing good things and accumulating things don't work. They're different paths that lead to the same result. But Jesus said, I could have life and life to the fullest. So why, why don't I? How do I get to that place in my life where I can describe it as, man, I am tasting heaven here on earth? Well, I believe Jesus gives us the answer to that in the place where he made this statement, John chapter 10. And so if you got your Bibles, I'd encourage you to turn there. John chapter 10 is where we're going to be. And if you haven't opened up the Northridge Church app yet, you can take notes and follow along. John chapter 10, we're gonna kind of plan ourselves there today. And let me just kind of give you the, 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 the setup, the scene setting of John chapter 10. You see, if you go back a chapter in John chapter nine, Jesus heals a blind man. And there's this really unique relationship between Jesus and the religious leaders. They were called Pharisees. Because Jesus is kind of breaking all the cultural norms, the religious norms, the rules. And, and it's infuriating the, 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 the religious leaders. They don't get Jesus and they don't like the claims that he's making and the rules that he's breaking. And so they're living in this, this conflict. And in John chapter 9, after Jesus heals the blind man, he talks about spiritual blindness. That some people see it. And some people don't. And in John chapter 10, it's kind of a continuation of that conversation. John 10, we'll start in verse 1. Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, religious leaders, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. And so here Jesus does what a lot of good teachers do. Even in our culture today, he's trying to make a point and he uses an illustration. Now, somewhat unfortunately for us in 2021, this illustration doesn't land as strongly in our culture as it would have in Jesus's. Because I, I would suggest that probably all of us listening are not shepherds other than maybe Scott Bixby, right? <laughs> Right? We're not herding goats or sheep, and we don't really know anybody who does that anymore. But in Jesus' culture, this was a very common practice. You either were a shepherd or you knew a shepherd. And so he's speaking to their culture at that time frame. And so in our culture, it's kind of like what he's talking about is the relationship between a dog owner and a dog. Okay, We couldn't use cats because cat don't, cats don't really listen. We all know that, right? I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. And so Jesus talks about a shepherd and a sheep and the relationship, and he begins by saying, there's a right way to enter the sheep pen, and then there's a wrong way. And that's, that's kind of interesting, right? Because there's a right way to achieve, achieve heaven on earth, and there's a wrong way. And many of us, we wonder why we're not experiencing heaven on earth. It's probably because we're trying to do it void of the way Jesus tells us to. 
There's a right way to get there and there's a wrong way. But Jesus presses in. He says, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And so here Jesus begins this recipe. He begins to instruct the people he's speaking to and us thousands of years later of how we can achieve life and life to the fullest. And the first way he says, you gotta learn to follow the shepherd's voice and example. You see, here's the reality. If you want to experience heaven on earth, it begins with one word follow. And honestly, this is a devastating blow to all of us as human beings, right? Because in order to follow, we have to make a declaration with our life that we're the sheep and God is the shepherd. And that's hard for us because I don't know about you, but I like to have a, a little bit, okay, a lot of control in my life. Right, anybody with me, right? You know, like, hey, I like to be able to say what, what goes on in my life in the direction it heads. And Jesus, what he's saying is he's like, no, no, that's the shepherd's responsibility and you're a sheep. It's humbling to become a sheep, right? No one wakes up and says, man, can't wait to be a sheep today. Hallelujah, amen, no. But that's what it is, right? The, the starting place of really experiencing life into the fullest is you gotta make a declaration with your life. God, I'm surrendering my way to your way. I'm declaring that you're in charge, you're the leader, you're in control, and I'm the sheep, you're my shepherd, God. And honestly, most people in our culture today, and even in Christianity today, they fall off the heaven on earth right here because they're not willing to truly follow God. They, they claim they are, but they're really willing to follow themselves and put a stamp of God on it. Jesus says, I'm the shepherd, we're the sheep. And so he says, hey, you're gonna have to follow and you're gonna follow two things. You're gonna follow my voice and you're gonna follow my example. And let's talk about these two things for a second because one of the, the most common questions in all of Christianity as people begin to follow Jesus and as people continue to follow Jesus, one of the major questions people ask is, how do I know what God wants for me? Like when I make decisions for my family, when I make decisions in life, how do I know? I want to hear God's voice. And most of us, we wait on an audible voice from God. We wait on him to write it in the clouds. But the reality is, is God speaks plainly through his word. I'm amazed today at how many Christians haven't heard the voice of God. Do you want to know why? Because they don't spend time in the Bible. They don't spend time reading and studying God's word. They're too busy. And you wonder why the shepherd isn't speaking to you. God speaks in a lot of different ways, but one of the major ways he has spoken to us is through a text of, of thousands of pages where God clearly states a lot of things. And you know what? Through history, people have given up their lives so you could hear God's voice by just opening up his word. You would know what God, would say, what God says if you would take some time and just study and read and digest and meditate and dwell on his words to you. And so we follow his voice, but we also follow his example. What I love about God, especially around the Christmas season, is God didn't just say, hey, you've got to guess how you should live. No, God gave us a living, breathing example to follow. 
right? We talked about this a little bit last week, right? Jesus incarnate, the incarnation of Jesus. And what that means is Jesus is fully God, a deity worthy of our worship, but he's also fully man. And so as human beings, we have a God who is incredibly relatable to us. A God who we don't have to wonder, what would Jesus do? No, Jesus did. He walked as a human and he gives us an example of what our lives should look like that we can follow. And if you ever wonder what that looks like, I think Mark 10 kind of sums it up beautifully. He says this, for even the son of man, that is Jesus, did not come. So interesting, right? Jesus earlier said, I have come to. Here he says, I have come not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And so here you see God himself walking in human form. And he says, I didn't come to be adored and worshiped. I came to surrender my life. In fact, Jesus is a great example of what it looks like to follow because here he is as a human being following his shepherd, his father. And so we follow the first step in the recipe of experiencing life and life to the fullest is we've got to follow the shepherd's voice an example, but Jesus wasn't, he wasn't done. He continues in verse seven. He says, therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Interesting. He says this twice. I'm the gate. Listen, I'm the way. It's, it's simple, guys. If you want heaven on earth, you got to go through the gate. You can't climb over the pen. I'm the gate, Jesus says. And he says, whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So here Jesus does something I think really important. He issues a warning. He says, I'm the gate. I'm the way to heaven on earth. But here's the problem. There are a lot of other voices out there than mine. And there are going to be a lot of voices that try to convince you and promise you that they can offer you what Jesus offers you. Right? We get this, right? Because there's an enemy out there. It's the devil. And what he does is he disguises to you his promise by making something look pleasurable, by tempting you to go down a different path than the path Jesus offers you. And the problem is that path leads to destruction. And Jesus says, hey, here, here's what you got to understand. In this journey to, to experience heaven on earth, don't trust the thief. Don't trust the lies of the enemy, the promises of the enemy, because here's the reality. He will make big promises, but he will always let you down. And I'm amazed today in my own life and many Christians' life, how much we trust the thief. How much we say yes to the thief over the shepherd. And man, I have experienced this in my life over and over again because I'm a frail human being who blows it all the time. And here's what I've recognized about the promises of the thief. He promises success, he promises pleasure, and honestly, he delivers just for a short period of time. He delivers success, he delivers promises, but guess what? Those promises cost you more than you get. And every time I've chosen the thief's path over the shepherd's path, it has cost me greatly. I've had to surrender things that I held dearly to. And Jesus says, the thief comes to steal from you, to rob from you, 
and to kill you. I've come to give you life and life to the full. So here's some lies that we believe from the thief. We believe that if your marriage is struggling right now, the thief says, you marry the wrong person. You'll be happier without that person. Here's another lie. He says, you know what? You, you know, in life, you need to go find yourself. And so live it up. And, and when you live it up and you discover who you are and who you want to be, you'll be fulfilled. He says, you know what? Hey, you know what? If you just had a little bit more, your life would be satisfied. He says, there's no future outside of this life right here, so make the most of it today and don't worry about tomorrow. And he feeds us these lies, getting us to go down the wrong path, getting us to enter the sheep pen some other way. But look what Jesus says in verse 14. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. So guys, here's the reality. If we want to experience heaven on earth, Jesus makes it really plain. He says, you got to know the shepherd and what he has accomplished for you. Right? Heaven on earth starts when you know who the shepherd is in your life. And right, Christmas is the beginning of God's plan unfolding to save humanity from our sins. And and, and here's what we have to understand is on Christmas, we don't celebrate a baby being born. We celebrate what this baby came to do. That he came not to be worshipped and adored, but he came to be a sacrifice. He came to die and resurrect to give us life and not just life for the future, but life today. So here's what we have to understand is you will never, listen to me clearly, you will never experience heaven on earth until you know who the shepherd is. Until you recognize what Jesus accomplished for you. Because like any good shepherd, any good shepherd when his sheep is in danger, he steps in the way. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us as sheep. We were headed to the slaughterhouse, right? That's a terrible imagery in your head, right? But that's the reality of our lives. Through our own choices, through our own rebellion to God, we were going to experience the wrath of God on us, poured out. And yet what did our shepherd do? He took our place. He stepped in and he bore the weight of our penalty on his shoulders so that we could experience life and life to the fullest. You can do all the right things. You can live a good life. And if you miss out on the shepherd, your life will never be fully satisfied. Because when you know the shepherd, you recognize that your future is paid for. When you know the shepherd, you realize that in any circumstance and in any storm, you can have peace. You know when you know the shepherd that your relationship with God has been restored by the suffering, by the shepherd laying his life down for your sake. And so what I love is how the King Solomon sums it all up for us, right? King Solomon was one of the wisest men to ever walk the face of the earth. And look what he says in this pursuit to find meaning, in this pursuit to find satisfaction in life. Look what he says. He says, now all has been heard. So I've turned every stone trying to find satisfaction and purpose. He says, here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the duty of all mankind. Solomon says, hey, you know what? I have looked 
everywhere and in everything for meaning in this life. And the conclusion that I've come to is if we would know the shepherd and obey his voice and his example, our lives would have meaning. Our lives would have satisfaction. And so I have two questions for you today as we wind down, as we approach the Christmas season, two questions that I believe can and will change your life depending on how you answer them. And the first question is the most important question. It is, do you know the shepherd? Honestly, take a good hard look at your life as an individual, as a person, as a man or a woman. And just ask, hey, have I declared God as the leader of my life and the forgiver of my sins? Do I believe and have I confessed with my mouth and do I believe in my heart that he is Lord, that he came and he took my place and he died on a cross for me and he resurrected to give me victory and to give me life, not tomorrow, but today? Have I accepted what the shepherd has accomplished for me and have I surrendered my life to him? Do you know Jesus Christ as a personal, intimate Savior? And if you don't, today can be your day. Today can be your day where you begin the journey of experiencing the words of Jesus that you can have life and life to the full. I love what David says in Psalms 23. He says this, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. David made a clear declaration to anybody listening. He says, you know who is leading my life? You know who is guiding my life? The Lord is my shepherd. And so this isn't just a salvation thing, right? Because many of us listening today, the Lord is our shepherd. He's rescued us from our sin. But here's a tendency that we have to fight every day in our lives as Christ followers is who is actually the shepherd of our life. Because sometimes we like to slip back in the mentality, even as Christians, of like, okay, God, you are the shepherd that saves me from eternity, but I'm the shepherd leading my life today. Right? We, we slip into this mentality where we're in control, where we are the shepherd, and we move God from his rightful place in our lives. Who is your shepherd? Who's guiding and leading your life? Do you know the shepherd? Secondly, do you obey his commands? Right, it's one thing to know the shepherd, but it's a whole other level of maturity and intimacy when you don't just know who the shepherd is, but you listen to his voice and you follow his example and his words. I know many Christians today, including myself, many times in my life where I know exactly what God wants for me, and yet I choose a different path. I buy the lies of the thief over the truth of the shepherd. Are you doing what Jesus says, even if you don't like what he says? Even if you wish Jesus would have said something different, you're my shepherd and I will submit and listen, not just listen, but I'll do what you say. Are you submitting to his will and not yours? Right, David said these words, the Lord is my Shepherd. But what's interesting is right after he made that declaration, he gave us an indication of what happens to your life when you live this way. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. You know, in a season like Christmas, where we're 
all going after something. We're all making a list of the things that we want, hoping that somehow it will bring joy to my life. David said, I don't need a gift. I don't need anything. I don't want anything. I don't desire anything because God is my shepherd. I don't lack anything. You know what David is saying? He's saying, I'm fulfilled. I'm satisfied. I'm content. I've experienced heaven on earth because I know who my shepherd is. So let me close with this. Psalm 16, it says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. Some of us today are looking for joy. God is telling you where it's at. It's in his presence. Fullness of joy, not just a temporary joy, not just a happiness that fades, but an eternal joy that will never leave in any circumstance. He says, there's fullness of joy right in my presence. He says, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so Jesus makes it clear. He says, hey, you want to experience heaven on earth? You want to describe your life that way? I've made known to you the path to get there. The question for all of us is, will we follow the shepherd to heaven on earth? Let's pray together. Lord, it's so easy to buy the lies of the thief. I'm so guilty. And God, today as we, we approach Christmas, as we get closer to celebrating your birth, may we be reminded of that you aren't the type of shepherd that came to be worshiped and adored. You came to lay your life down for your sheep. You loved us enough to sacrifice yourself so that we could experience life and life to the fullest. And so my prayer today for my life and for our church's life is that we would follow your voice and example so we could experience what you offer to us. In Jesus' name, amen.